Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hello church, how are you? That's good. I'd love to pray before we start, is that cool? While we all stand. I'd like you to respond to prayer however you'd like to as well. God, we thank you so much that you're here in our midst. I thank you, God, that as we walked in here, something powerful happened because your kids came together to worship you, to learn from you, God, to learn your word. And we just thank you so much that you are here, truly. There's not a Sunday that you miss. God, you are always here. You love showing up to church. You are invested in your church and you love it. And I just thank you so much for that, God. I pray that our heart for this church would be reflective of your heart for this church. I pray that our heart for this world would be reflective of your heart for this world, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's going to come alive to us today like it hasn't before. I pray our hearts would be open to receive this morning, God. We want to learn from you and I thank you that you're willing and able to teach us something new today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Please take your seats. Very welcome to have a seat. (laughs) Thanks, team. I told Kim this morning, so I purposely requested um, that, that song that we've just started doing, um, As You Find Me. Everyone else wanted to do it too, but, but I was like, oh, I especially want to do it because I'm going to be speaking in a few weeks and I'd love for us to sing it, for us to realize God's heart for us. Um, I think it's, I love those verses. They're so poetic. Like I've stood tall and I've crumbled in a moment. In the same breath. Look, it's poetic. Have your take on it. I just love that. Like, I I think it's so true, right? (laughs) If we've all stood tall and never crumbled, then that's a lie. Uh, We've all had moments of, of needing God's grace and needing God's interception, interjection in our lives. And it's really cool. Um, I just find it awesome. I especially love um, that start of the chorus that says, and I know that I don't deserve this kind of love, but somehow this kind of love is who you are. And if that, if that line sparks a question in you and you're like, what kind of love is God? Then that's awesome. Then it's doing its job because I think that we should be asking those questions. If we don't know, amazing. Let's look. Let's go, let's go looking. And let's go looking in the love letters that he's written to us in his word. I always, um, when our young people in youth ask me, how do I hear the voice of God? How do I know that it's God? I always liken it to, well, if, if someone that you'd never met face to face was writing stories to you, writing letters to you, you'd start to understand the way that they speak. And so when God speaks to us in our thoughts, we think, oh, I, I don't think that that's me speaking. I think that that's You know, I think that that's God's voice because we understand the way that he speaks by reading his Bible, by reading um, the word. And I had this concept, um, what's the right word? I had this, I'm a little bit unwell, so my mind isn't working the best, but oh well, Holy Spirit will help. Um, I had this concept revealed to me recently that Jesus is the true word of God, right? It says in John 1, 1, that the word was with God and the word was what? Well, the word was God. And um, the Bible is God's word as well, but it points to the true word. And so when we stand on the word of God, ultimately we stand on Jesus. We, we stand on his words, 
because they point us to the word. And so um, don't, don't try and tackle this. Let's not try and tackle this without tackling it with the word, with Jesus, because the power only comes from the source that spoke the words in the beginning, the source that inspired the words. So um, the way that this concept was explained to me is this is a finger that points to the word. This is a finger that points to Jesus. So every time we open it, it should point our eyes upward. It should point us forward. It should point us to Jesus, the true word. So we're in this year of outpour, right? This is our church's vision for this year, 2019, the year of outpour. And so in years past, we've had visions, we've had words for what the church will experience, what we're expecting. Yeah, the year of expansion. We were like, awesome, God's going like, to do something big, God's going to expand, God's going to do something amazing. And we stepped in it with faith. And that's really admirable. And then we realized, oh, that means me. <laughs> that means that God's going to expand me. And, and we all know, like, physically growing is, is tough. Like, we have stretch marks to prove it. We have, I remember when I was growing up, my knees would always crack or my legs would ache. And mom's like, oh, that's growing pains. And so spiritually, we can experience growing pains sometimes because God's expanding something new and all of our old ways of thinking don't fit anymore for the way that God wants us to see this new season. And so outpour, I was looking at it and I was like, what does this mean for me? (laughs) What is outpour? Like, all good that you're going to pour out, God. And yes, I believe, but what are you going to ask me to do? And so I've been thinking about this year like, okay, if God's pouring out, what am I willing to do? What's 2019 look for me? I know God's part and I'm going to believe that he's going to pour out. But is he asking me to pour out too? Likely, (laughs) very likely. And what is going to pour out of me? That's like the startling question that I found. I was thinking what's, what's in my spirit, what's in my heart, that in conversations with people, in my times of worship, in times where I have an opportunity to pray for other people, what's going to come out? What's going to pour out of me? Is it going to be God's word? If so, I need to be filled with it. Is it going to be God's love? If so, I've got to be filled with it. I've got to spend some time investing in it. If I'm invested in toxic conversations of negativity, guess what? It'll be what will flow out of me without a second thought. It'll take a lot of hard work to not let what I've filled me up flow out. And so if I allow good things to fill me up and I am purposely seeking out good things, God things to fill me, then I can rely that in times of tension, in times of pressure, that is going to be what flows out, right? Because when we get a cut, when we experience pain, something flows out. And I want it to be good. (laughs) I want it to be something good that pours out. By the way, 11 a.m. service, I love. Because 9 a.m., like a lot of us are often serving. 11 a.m., like the end is near and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I always see it and I'm like, I see you approaching and I'm going to give everything that I've got, waiting for that end to come. So put your hand up if you're hungry, you're ready for lunch. Awesome. What we're going to do is we're going to transfer that hunger from natural to spiritual right now. 
All right, we're going to give everything. We're going to give all of our attention. Who cares if you lay on the couch for the rest of the day? Like, let's use all of our brain capacity. Let's use all of our attention, all of your amens, all of your hallelujahs. Let's give our all because we're together investing in the Word of God today and we're going to suck out of it. So let's do that. <laughs> we had this conversation in young, adult, young adults this week. Was it this week, life groups? Yeah. Oh, what a blur of a week. Amazing. We're talking about opportunities that we have to show God's love to the world. And like, when do we have opportunities? And um, we're talking about, you know, when you have friends that don't know Jesus, it's a great opportunity for us to show God's love to the world. And um, I thought, oh, you know, all the opportunities that I have to share God's love, to show the work that he's done in my life, is when I'm presented with an opportunity to respond in anger or respond in offense or respond in selfishness and say, that's unfair, that person shouldn't have done that, this circumstance is unfair. For example, or example, if you're classy, um, I was shopping at this store, right? So there's lots of stores that have loyalty programs and I was shopping for Mother's Day and Kim and I were shopping. This made me so mad. I cannot, you won't even understand how mad it made me. And you'll say, Chelsea, that's stupid. And I know that it's stupid. So I had spent a remarkable amount of money at this store leading up to this shopping experience. So they had tallied up the amount of money that I'd spent. I'd invested in some good merino wool jumpers there. And they, they reward you for shopping there by giving you money credit. And so I'd been saving it up, like, I'm going to treat myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to treat my mum with these credits. Like, I've, I've <laughs> out of spending money, I'm like, yeah, I get free money and I'm going to use that to buy a present for my mum. How nice. Um, so I went there and the, the girl's like, all right, we'll just grab your card, we'll pop it on and we'll see if we've got any credits. And I was standing there like, oh, yeah, I do. Like, I'm so ready to cash in on this credit. And... I was confident. I was like, yeah, there's someone there. And she said, oh, actually, there aren't any. And I was like, girl, you lying. And, and she's like, oh, no. And I said, well, do they expire or something? And she said, yeah, they expire. They expired back in January. And I was so outraged. I was like, I want my free money back. Give me my free money. Anyway, so that made me really mad. And I couldn't, I couldn't look her in the eye. I just... <laughs> This is a real moment that I'm sharing with you. I just looked at Kim and I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the, worst. the worst. I was very extreme in my expression. Right, so I probably could have handled it a little bit better. It wasn't this girl's fault. She works for the company. She isn't the company. And so I just, I just knew that I was going to... There was something in me that I was like, that's not right. I have a right. Like, I've spent this. If you're going to reward me, reward me. Don't take it away once you've given it. But um, each time we have an opportunity to respond, like, in our rights. We're like, I'm allowed to respond like this. I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to be frustrated. I'm allowed to hold a little bit of anger towards that person because what they did wasn't right. But when we choose to not respond in that, and we choose a different, different response, a response that maybe could result in the fruit of the Spirit being shown in our lives, 
we honor God and we show God's goodness to the world because everyone's expecting that response, yeah? Everyone's expecting if you get cut off at a roundabout, because there's so many here, if you get cut off at a roundabout, that you're going to be like, that's dumb. Why did you speed into, and, and everyone's like, oh yeah, I can see why they're mad. But if you don't respond like that, they're like, hold on, that's a little bit different. And so each time we choose God's way, we give the world an alternative response and we give the world a different option because they don't know that they've got options. The world doesn't know there's a different option and coming into the way of Jesus shows us there's a different option. You don't have to react like that. You can react in grace. You can show people grace. You can show people love. So today I want to talk about when push comes to love. When the world's all push, push, we're all love, love. And the tagline is, more than a feeling. I really know that dad just wanted to do that, sing sing it back. Because love is so much more than a feeling. Love, um, if we think that it's simply an emotion, we're missing out on the power of it. We're missing out on God's intention for it. Love, I, I was thinking about it today in worship. I was thinking, we have a heart, and it's what we associate love and romance and Um, all those feelings with. But I was thinking, we speak about the heart of God, but does God actually have a heart? Or is, is God's love his whole being, like his whole essence? And I think that that's more true of God. I think he is all love. It, the, the two don't um, exist without one another. It's, it's all God, all love, which is cool. So I'm, I'm really excited for us to unpack what love looks like the love of God looks like, so that we can be equipped to take on whatever struggles the world has, whatever brokenness the world has, and find a place for love to to come in and, and be able to offer love to people that don't feel worthy of it, people that have never known it in this capacity. And I think that in such a massive way, like the Bible says, three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So I think sometimes we can offer faith to people. Sometimes we can offer hope to people, but they're always going to be receptive of love. Sometimes faith might not be appropriate for the circumstance. It'll come later. Sometimes we can't give hope to people to see what we see, but love is a language we can all use, and the world knows that it needs love. Everyone is, is okay with accepting love too, We all desire, we're born with the desire to be loved. And so we get to play this amazing role in showing the world that it's loved through all of these little opportunities, all of these little conversations that lead people to a big, powerful love beyond a feeling, more than a feeling. So I want to, please turn with me to Colossians 3. We're going to look at verse 8 to 14. I said in the first service, I could have easily included the whole chapter So six verses actually isn't that much. So let's tackle it. We're going to unpack it a bit, which is really cool. But I, yeah, I just hope that this morning, um, I'm not going to offer you like a complete package. Here's how to love the world 101. This is a, a thought provoking. Here's what I think. Let's go and do something with it. I want you to go and ponder on it. I want you to go looking um, in the Bible for, for how God loves, for how Jesus loved when he was here on earth. Because I don't have the answers. I just have like, oh, here's what I think. 
I have my wanderings. That's, that's all I have to offer you today. And then the truth of God's word, which is awesome. So Colossians 3, 8 to 14. Let's just pray before we read this. Oh, we already did pray. No, that's fine. God, <laughs> God, show us your word afresh. We might have read this before, but I pray that we'd read it like it's the first time. Thank you, God, that we'd understand your love in a brand new way, God. Blow, um, blow the contains that we have. Blow the limits that we've had just out of the water. God, I just pray that whatever containers we've put on love, whatever conclusions we've made about you, God, that you just undo them, that you'd reshape them, and the way that we think would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. Awesome. So, starting in verse 8. But now, rid yourselves completely of all of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, for you've stripped off the old self with its evil practices, and you've put on the new spiritual self, who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self. This is a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, nor between nations, barbarian or Scythian, nor in status, whether slave or free, but Christ is all, and Christ is in all. So believers are equal in Christ without distinction. Oh, this is the Amplified, by the way, just so you know. So, just in case you haven't been able to tell. Uh, so, as God's own chosen people, yeah, who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, Put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, of humility, of gentleness. See where we've rid ourselves of all of the other things of the evil nature. We now have this amazing opportunity to pick something new to wear, which is a heart of compassion, of kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And this is an awesome promise of patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. Oh, so good. God, do that in us, please. Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourselves in un unselfish love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And this part, I just especially love. For everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. Ooh, that gets me good. May our focus be to seek the best for one another, not out of what's best for me in this relationship, what's best for me out of this friendship, what can I get from this person, but what's the best for them and letting God shape that in our minds. So I want to talk through the three sort of sections that this verse gives us, this little portion of, of the word that points us to Jesus. The first is rid, and then it's followed by renew, and then it's followed by wrap. Rid, renew, wrap. Can you say it? Rid, renew, wrap. Awesome. It starts with the same sound so that you can remember it more easily so that throughout the week you can recall it and you'll be like, what was that? Rid, renew, rat. Right a rat. So we're going to start with rid in verse 8. 
and talks about ridding yourselves completely of all of these things of anger. And essentially, these are things that stop us from seeing people the way that they truly are, right? And so I think that should be our focus, not necessarily to see people clearly through our human perspective, but to see people truly for who they are as God's child, as God's beloved, of God's first. That song that we were singing this morning says, I was found before I was lost. And so every single person that we encounter was found before they were lost. They were created by and destined by God before they believed that they had no purpose. So each and every single person that we encounter throughout life, destined by God. And, and our actions can either align with that or we can make them believe against that, right? So, so we want to instill value in people. And so once we rid ourselves, and this is a process that will probably be ongoing, ridding ourselves of anger, malice, abusive, vulgar language, then we start to learn the new way, which is the beginning of renew, found in verse 10 to 12, or 11 and 12. And you can see that our language changes, especially um, verse 11, a renewal which there is no distinction now. So we're not, there's no us and them. It's, it's not me fighting them, wanting them to hear my, my opinion over what they believe. We're on the same side. Like when we're all God's people, when we're God's intended, we're on the same side. Classically, that, that verse that says, we don't wage war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And so I've been really encouraged lately to not wage my war against people. You know, if, if I get hurt, I have to understand that, that my, this is an opportunity for me to like, maintain this relationship or, or I can let it tear it apart. And it's, it's up to me. It's up to me. If, if I'm willing to let go of it and, you know, that I'm letting anger do its work, I'm letting offense do its work. But if I want to truly love, then there's forgiveness that comes there. And there's a role for grace to play there. And so in each moment, in each, like, hurt's going to come. Pain in relationship is going to come. We're going to get let down. Like, we all know that, yeah? We've experienced life enough to realize that people are going to let us down. And that's, that's the opportunity that God gives us to love. And so um, Bob Goff said, he's this amazing um, older man. He has great books if you want to get a hold of them. He's the kind of man that I know that youthful vigor isn't just for the young. He's the kind of man that I look up to because I see him loving God, not just with his words, but with his body. Like he is so expressive and I'm like, that's a promise that this, you know, this isn't going to wear away in me. Like I know that I love God and I love raising my hands in worship. And, and I figure if I've got energy, then it's to glorify God. If I've got words, then they're to glorify God. And if I see an old man in his 60s with the young vigor that it, like an 18-year-old newly saved guy has, and I'm like, uh-uh, I want that too. Like I want, I want that. I don't want this to wear out. I don't want this to become a thing that I look back on fondly. I want this to be, you know, passion for God that, that continues with me all of my days. Because, oh, if I've got breath in my lungs, then surely I can give it. Surely it's for God. Why would I want it for, to be for anything else? So being renewed is this 
um, recognizing, and this word recognize is recognize. We're allowing a cognitive work to take place. We're recognizing our brains to recognize that Christ is all and Christ is in all. And it's not us, it's not me and them, it's not us and them anymore. They're loved. They are loved. Oh, yeah, I didn't even say. He said, whoops, yeah, I go on tangents just like my mum. <laughs> um, he said, if we only love those who love us back, if we only love those who we know are going to love us back, we're like, yeah, I'll love you with the guarantee that you're going to love me back, then we make our faith look like a negotiation. We're negotiating the terms of love. We're making it fit our convenience. We're making it fit what's comfortable. Whereas true love, love that comes from the Father, love that comes from His heart, isn't easy. It's not comfortable. It's not convenient. But it is so worth it. And the promise is amazing. So in the last bit of wrapping ourselves with unselfish love, found in verse 14, when we wrap ourselves in it, when it's our, it's our outer garment, we make sure that we're wearing it wherever we go. It's the first thing that people come into contact with. Like if, if I have this giant coat, you're going to see it from a long way off. The same with if we wrap ourselves with unselfish love. If it's a garment that we wear and it's the first thing that people come into contact with, then, then they're going to see God. If we, wear, if we decide to wrap ourselves with love, but we put on some other garments, we put on the old ways again, we put on anger, we put on offense, we, we send a message like, don't come too close because I don't want you to touch this because I'm mad, then, then we've hidden the love with all of this other stuff that stops us from being able to show people the goodness of God. And I just love showing people the goodness of God. It's, it's such a pleasure to think that He has entrusted us these mere mortal, failing, breaking away vessels with the potential to show the world an eternal love. Like, it doesn't make sense, but it's such a privilege. And we have every day this opportunity to show the world His love and to show them His goodness. That just doesn't, just doesn't fit, but it's the way that He's designed it, which is amazing. And the thing that has got me and has got me good, is recognizing that we don't decide who is worthy of God's love. He has decided that all are His. He has decided, no, I made them, so they're here for a purpose. So honor them, speak of them well, love them. Don't allow offense to come between, offense to come between you and them. Don't allow negative thoughts because when we choose to judge people, and I've been thinking about judgment and what it looks like, God's the ultimate judge. And so each time we take on the role of judge, we're taking on the role of God and we're becoming God. And we're taking him out of his place where he should be and we're putting ourselves there. And you realize that pressure we cannot stand. Only God can, can fully stand the pressure of, of being in God's place. And so as soon as we try and put ourselves in God's place in our lives, we crumble. And, and the pressure is too much because we were never designed to carry our burdens. We were never designed to carry um, that 
responsibility, that place of honour, because it was destined for God. And that's why he encourages us to seek him first and to put him first. But um, judgment is, is essentially saying, there's maybe some circumstances where it isn't this, but you're saying, I wouldn't do that. What they've done, I wouldn't do. That's not right. They shouldn't have done that. And I've come to realize that we're all on a journey. We, have, we all have these influences throughout life. We have family. We have work. We have trials that we go through. And for us to say, I, I wouldn't do that if I was them, is a very uneducated response. Because should we have experienced the life that they've experienced if we had grown up with the parents that they had, the friends that they had, the childhood that they had, how do we know that we wouldn't respond exactly the same as what that person is responding? So we can never judge a person's response because we're seeing but a glimpse of their life. Even if you've seen decades of their life, it's still, you know, there's so much in the inner workings of mind. And this is why our, our war isn't against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So can I encourage you, if you find yourself in a, in a place where you're like, oh, I could judge them right now, and that, I know that that's not what God has called me to, would you pray for them? Let that be our default, to pray. And where we, where we see the opportunity for us to hurt, we can use that to, to be moved. And, and God, God's intention for us isn't to hurt one another but to, to bless one another and, and to love one another. So I think if we, instead of becoming offended, choose to pray, I just think that God's heart rejoices so much over us when we, when we can see the response that we're entitled to and we choose His way. Then I think that He is just so, so glad. He is so, so happy to watch us stand for and fight for one another because we see the, the blessing and, and the promise of unity is this okay? Am I making sense? Good, good. And um, yeah, so in, in 1 John 4, this verse, oh, it's so good. It's such a promise. I never want it to get old to me. It says, no one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us. And His love, the love that His is His essence, abides in us and is completed and perfected in us. So if you can imagine that we're all puzzle pieces of God's image, then it takes all of us to make up the complete picture. And so when we choose to love, and this, this verse is found um, amongst the verses that say, if, if you, to love is to know God. If you love, then you know God. And if you don't love, then you haven't really ever truly gotten to know God. And so knowing God is, is loving and knowing God is loving one another. And so he's created, he's created us with this amazing ability and potential to love, like to be enamored. Is that a word? Yeah, enamored by something. He's created us with this ability to just become obsessed with something, right? An obsession is bad unless it's for God. <laughs> if you're obsessed with God, 
go you. <laughs> like, that's awesome because it consumes our thoughts. We have this ability to become consumed where we can't think about anything else. And when that's God, like how amazing is that for us to just be consumed by Him, consumed by His words that point us to the Word. And that's, that's just awesome. And so he, He's given us this ability to love, but He doesn't say well, I'm going to control what you love. He gives us the choice to choose what we love. And we're going to love something, whether it's our career or it's money or it's even, you know, good relationships. But God's place is first above all of these things. And, and he deserves that place of honor. It's just amazing that, that we can love so much and that our love can change and our capacity to love can grow. And that's what I'm hoping for us today, that we leave like encouraged for our capacity for love to grow. And I think that that's just an amazing promise that if we love one another, then his love is completed and perfected in us, that his image is completed and perfected in us. If we've never seen God anywhere else, surely we'll see it in loving one another because we're choosing his way above the human response. We're choosing his way. No, I'm going to love them even if they never love me back. Like, let it be a challenge. Even if they never love me back, I'm going to love them. And we get to see God's heart in that. We get to understand, oh, God, even when I couldn't love you back, even when I was so detested by the thought of a, a, a heavenly father, you loved me. God, you loved me. And so that's the other thing about judging or deciding, or oh, that person isn't worthy. They've done too many bad things or they don't deserve my grace. They don't deserve for me to forgive them. That measure that we use is, is used against us right? The Bible says. And so if, as long as we are deciding who deserves love, we have to consider that maybe we don't deserve it. <laughs> we have to consider that we aren't worthy. But when we choose for God to be judged and He says, no, you're all worthy, then we become worthy by the Word of God, by God's promise. And only worthy because He says so, not because we've done anything to earn it. And so that's our challenge, to love one another, to allow God to do a work in us so that our capacity to love others can be grown and expanded. What am I going to pour out? Am I going to pour out love on people? Am I going to show them grace? Am I going to show them God's mercy and His goodness? I think our world needs people like us that know Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. But we've come into the knowledge. And so we know what we're doing now. And our responsibility with this knowledge, with this enlightenment, is to now love. Because God knows that we know now. We know. We know that they deserve it. We know that they deserve grace. We know that God's the only answer. And so that, I guess, excuse of forgive them they don't know what they're doing in a way it doesn't really count for us anymore because now we know <laughs> now we know and so let it propel us forward into this world where people don't know and may they come into the knowledge that we've been blessed to receive maybe share it with them 
in our words and our actions of kindness, of good deeds, of grace, of love, for our family members that have only ever hurt us, for our friends that have turned their back on us, deceived us, betrayed us, for people that we encounter that assume things about us and slander us, come against us with hurtful words. May our love exist for them just as much as it does for the people that will return our love. May our love be expanded. May our love not have the confines that it's had before. May it be blown open so that the world truly can see this loving Father. Because they're very aware of His wrath, right? It's It's the question, why would a loving God do this? And so they've concluded that He's not loving. And here we are, light of the world, to redefine Father to them, to redefine God to them through our own personal experiences. You're like, nah, I actually have come to know God as a loving Father. I've come to know Jesus as a Savior who wants to free me from the bondage of sin. He doesn't want to tell me what to do. He wants to show me the way. He wants to show me true freedom. So I'm calling out today for men that will love one another, men that will stand for the righteousness that God's placed on them. They will stand for righteousness. They will stand for encouraging one another, for encouraging their wives, for speaking well of women, for speaking well of family, for upholding family, upholding community. I'm looking for women today. The world needs women that will speak well of one another, that will encourage one another, that will not compare themselves to one another, but celebrate each other's victories, celebrate each other's blessings, knowing that that they're a daughter of God, that will speak well of men, that will speak highly of men, that will encourage men with their words and not tear them down. We need people that will uphold godly morals, godly ethics in this world where they're lost when it comes to ethics and they are dumbfounded when it comes to good morals and they're searching and they're lost and we have the way. We need, a, we need people, we need us <laughs> to reach the brokenness. We need us to shine light in the darkness because God's placed it within us. Yeah, He's with us every step of the way. So it's not about our efforts, but it's about us responding, being obedient to what He's called us to. And so acting in love, these are just a, a few questions that I ask myself now. Am I acting in love? Am I willing to go and sit where the broken are sitting? Or am I just gonna shoot them a text and invite to come to church and expect my pastor to do the hard work? Or am I gonna go sit where they sit? Because that's what Jesus did. He went and sat where they sat in the dirt. Am I responding the way that I feel or am I responding by what will produce good fruit? Am I responding in my emotions or am I responding in obedience to God's call? And am I more willing to pray about this, this circumstance, this issue, than I am to talk about it or complain about it or gossip about it? If we find out about someone else's situation, am I more willing to talk to one of my friends about it or am I ready to go and pray about it? Because the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about it. But in everything, present your requests to God. Pray about it instead. And so I don't even have the responsibility 
to worry about other people's circumstance, but I have been called to pray about that just as much as I've been called to pray about my own circumstance. I've been called to pray about others as well. So I'd like to invite you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to give an opportunity for us to activate something in our hearts and to respond to this word that I feel God has wanted to share with us today. If you'd like to say yes to this, if you'd like to say, yeah, I want to be part of this, I want to be part of this powerful, life-changing love being spread in, in my workplace, being spread in my family, being spread among people groups, being spread in the unlikely places just as much as in the likely places. If that's you, if you want to be part of the men that will love one another and love our communities, if you want to be part of the women that will speak well, that will speak life, that will bring life, if you want to be part of this church that has a mission and a cause and a, a drive to see people loved, would you like to just raise your hands and we're going to pray together with, with hands raised. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you've called us to love, to go and make disciples. And God, we know that that comes through relationship and that comes from knowing you and, and knowing the way that you love us so that we can love others the same way. God, I thank you for this mantle of love. I thank you for this responsibility and this privilege it is to see people the way that you see them. I pray that we'd see people as sons. I pray that we'd see people as daughters, that we wouldn't be tempted to judge, but only to love God. And I just pray that you would guide us in our loving. I pray that you would guide us in our grace. I pray that you would guide us in extending patience. I pray that you would guide us when it comes to investing time and in, in finding out about love through reading your word, God. I thank you that Holy Spirit, you will guide us when it comes to to each and every single opportunity that we have to share love with this broken world, God. I thank you that it's no longer us and them, it's all us. That we were once broken and we were once lost too. And so we're very much aware of the circumstance that those people that are lost are in, God. We want to be part of the solution. We want to be part of the force that no longer responds in the natural way, but in the supernatural way. Thank you, God. Where your hands and your feet we want to be your light and we want to shine pure. We want to shine true and we want to show people that they are loved, that there is a heavenly Father that adores them, that delights in them. May our words and our action reflect your heart, God, reflect your love. Let it be done in us, God. Let the renewing work be done in us. In your name we pray, Jesus, your mighty name, your name that saves, your name that brings hope to this world. Let it be so. Amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.